What's going on? Welcome back to a special draft preview edition of the No Clue Podcast. We are back. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Mike. I'm Tyler. We got a special guest with us. Tyler is back. What's going on? He's back, our college basketball analyst, as always. Um, how you been, Tyler? Tell the folks your fans. Yeah. I'm missing I'm missing college athletics. We need to get it back going. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be a tough stretch right now in the summer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because college baseball, I'm sorry. I mean, I love baseball, but college baseball, eh. I need some college football back. So looking forward to that. Obviously, college basketball season. The NIL has been great for college basketball. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. sure we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, Yeah. I'm excited. Okay. So draft is Thursday. Um, We mentioned big names uh, last time we had you on here uh, towards the end of the season. Um, I believe it was right after the end of the season, maybe, right? Yeah. Okay. So top five picks seem to be cemented, um, at least in some way, shape, or form. And that would be five themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So current mock draft that I recently uh, that I'm looking at now says number one, I'll just go one through five. Number one, Jabari Smith. Number two, Chet Holmgren. Number three, Banchero, which I think everyone knows by now. Uh, Jaden Ivey at four. And Keegan Murray from Iowa at five to the Pistons. Um, Tyler, this this order does that does it surprise you at all? I'm happy for Keegan Murray, man. I mean, seems like a great kid, all around basketball player. I didn't see him getting into the top five, but I think he's going to be really productive in the NBA. I don't see I don't see superstar potential, but I see extremely productive basketball player written all over him. So I'm happy for him. Um, the order. Yeah, I like it. I think, I think Ben Caro at three is, is good. The Rockets, he's a good fit, I think. And you start looking at team fit. These top four in particular all have the chance to be franchise altering players, in my opinion. So these get these teams just have to, you know, do their thing and see who the best fit for them is. You know, you know, it's uh, weird. Sorry to cut you off, Tyler. I just it's interesting. You talk about the top four being kind of having a chance uh, to be kind of franchise chasing, changing players. Mm -hmm. But Keegan Murray, to me, is the most complete player by far right now. Yeah, you think so? Offensively, no question. Okay. Uh huh. It just he doesn't have glaring limitations offensively like the other guys have. Right. So to me, he's the only guy I don't really have a question where he goes because I think he'll fit pretty much anywhere. Mm, okay. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, he's a great well, player. I mean, I, well, I just don't know that I see him developing into like a 25-point-per-game guy. But he doesn't have to to be a great pick at five. Right. Yeah. He also showed well, the most improvement over the course of the year to me. 
Yeah, for sure. Kind of expanding his too. game. I would agree with that too. Yeah. Um, the Kings have come out and said that they actually uh, prefer Murray over Ivy. The Kings uh, front office has said that over the past, um, I'm going to say last week reports came out, said that they actually prefer Murray and Ivy said yesterday that no one from the Kings um, has been in communication with him. So even though he's here in the mock draft at four, um, Keegan Murray sounds like he may be uh, the Kings pick at the fourth spot. I have less confidence in him now that the Kings like him. (laughs) Strong disagree with, with, I just don't understand how Jaden Ivey, how you could, these, these teams should be, in my opinion, looking for guys that have the highest upside I think you have to approach an, an NBA draft like that unless you feel like you're one piece away and this guy's just going to fit our, our puzzle perfectly. But I don't think, to me at least, it's not a question of who has more upside between Jaden Ivey and Keegan Murray or, honestly, Jaden Ivey and Ben Caro. Um, the other two, definitely, you could argue. But I just I think Ivey could be really special. I will say with Detroit and Murray, um, I think that they're really uh, considering moving Jeremy Grant. They've been talking about that for over a year now. So uh, if they did move him, I think Murray kind of slides right into that spot that they had. And uh, Grant is kind of their, not their go-to guy, but, you know, top three option. So um, if they were to move him, that makes sense. So they would draft someone in his, uh, in his same position in his spot. I would think. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm I'm curious. So Chet has kind of been talked about the most, but he's yes. also been questioned the most. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm nervous that he doesn't really fit Orlando. What do you think, Tyler? Orlando? Um yeah. Okay. Yeah, Which what Tyler, you, you asking? You, you, asking you go ahead. Uh, Tyler, let's go with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, My co-host. Uh, Orlando. No, I don't think he fits Orlando that well. Um, I think, and we talked about this for, I think off mic, but his length on Orlando would be cool. I mean, it's cool to think about with him and Mo Bamba and Jonathan Isaac, that wingspan across your front line would be absolutely ridiculous, but um, I think that they've really, if there's one thing that they've actually groomed well, it's their bigs. I think Bamba has shown improvement and um, they draft, I mean, they uh, traded and got um, Wendell Carter, who's been showing signs of being a pretty good starting center. I don't Who really was see the guy they drafted last year uh, that turned out to be good. He was a later pick. Uh, a big he was somebody's brother, I think. I don't know. He had a good year. Oh, I, I hate that I can't think of him. I can't. I don't. I know. Same. Dude, he he was a surprise. I'm gonna look it up. Sorry. <laughs> well, it, either way, I don't think he fits them because I think that they've done a pretty good job with their bigs. Wagner, you're talking about? Yes, thank you. I cannot believe I couldn't remember that. <laughs> yeah, Wagner, yeah, and he plays the four down there. So, I mean, yes, 
I think they're good when it comes to big. So I don't I don't think Holmgren really fits. I don't know how much touches, how many touches he would get. Um, I think with a lot of small guards, you need defenders that can move well and uh, challenge shots well. And although Holmgren is you know tall and he can block shots because he's tall, I don't know if I phys- physically I don't know if I'd be confident with him as my um, defensive anchor in the NBA. Let me ask. Not let me ask this. I want to know. So when you look back to Golden State when they took James Wiseman, that mm-hmm. was a clear fit, right? For so, sure. so to me. If you're if you're Golden State and you look back at that draft, you look at the fact that Lamelo Ball went third, right? And you say, okay, he he wasn't necessarily a fit for us, but don't you think they would take Lamelo if they had the chance? My point being that fit. If you're talking about superstar level players, do we even care that much? Um, sometimes it's by need, right? Because Golden State, I think if if for some some way they figured it out, if Lamelo came off the bench for them, he probably could fit them. But how long would they really keep him? You know, it, by the time his rookie contract is up, they wouldn't be able to afford him. Uh, he's never going to start for them as long as Steph is alive. He's not going to start for the Warriors. So is I think it when you're drafting, you think long term. Okay, how does this person not necessarily fit how we play or? or you know the lineup right now but it's fit our future lineup because you know they're coming in 18 years old you're thinking 10 years from now what are we going to have if we have this guy and i think wiseman is for the warriors particularly you know uh versus drafting the, one of the two other guards the question is well how long would we keep them if they're probably never going to play as much as they would probably go and be the franchise player on another team and so I think Holmgren you... could be in that spot because I don't know. Right. I mean, you would think they would try him right now over the bigs that they have, but I don't know if he would stay as the starter. I mean, if he's not playing well, he may not stick it out as the starter for that team because they have decent big men. All right, Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot. What do you think? Do you think the Warriors would take LaMelo Ball if they could redo the, what was it, the 2020 draft? Yeah, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, so, they take him. And I, I see what you're saying, TC, but with LaMelo Ball, I think that that's a franchise-altering type thing, so their their plans can be changed. Okay, yeah, we are going to resign. We're going to do what we have to do. We'll move Clay. We'll, we'll figure see, it out. They wouldn't do that. They wouldn't move Clay for LaMelo. I don't know. Uh, it's, maybe. It's, it's, a fun, it's a fun thought to have, you know. I look at it a little bit differently because the Warriors are a bad example. They're such a good organization. I think like if Wiseman was playing, he'd be contributing a ton for them, even if he wasn't very good. He would. Even like deloading found a way. Deloading found a way to fit in, even though it clearly didn't work. Yeah. So I just I've seen a lot of guys who I didn't expect to fit being plugged in well. Yeah, and it is a little unfair to to say Wiseman just because he has been unfortunate. Right, you can't really account. You know, any one of these top five guys could have the same bad luck. To be honest, you know, hopefully right. not. But I look at it as you're talking about the Warriors. Look at Sacramento. 
Sacramento's bringing in guys and maybe not top five guys necessarily, but even a guy like Fox is playing almost differently every year. He's mm-hmm. contributing differently. He's an all-star level player. Sometimes he's struggling. Sometimes he's missing time. You're looking at a guy like Davion Mitchell, who just had a good year. It didn't really matter. I'm concerned okay. if, let's say, Sacramento brings in Ben Caro and similar to Bagley, he can't guard right away. Wait, you're saying Davion Mitchell's good year didn't matter? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because you look at it, Halliburton had a better year and it didn't matter. He's Now he's right. going to be figuring out a role, hopefully, in Indiana. Right. Yeah. I just these top te- these top draft teams when they don't have direction, I feel like it exposes the the draft picks limitations a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm worried with some of these guys going again, Orlando and, and Sacramento in particular. Like, what's what's the direction for who they take? So, what do you think, Holmgren going to Orlando? What do you think about it? You asked me, but how do you feel? Ideally, I like it. Because, again, he's a high IQ player. He's He doesn't need the ball to contribute. I think he helps the guys around him with the passing. Mm-hmm. You know, again, Orlando, I just don't know what they're doing, so it's not really going to matter if they're losing again all year. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's the tough thing because that particularly what you said, I mean, he can do that on any team. But or on Orlando specifically, does it help them win? Probably not. And, it, and the thing is, does he add something that they don't already have? Not too much if they're not going to use him as their, like, go-to guy. Right. So, yeah. Different different kind of fit. <clears throat> but uh, what about Jabari? We haven't really talked about him too much. What do you guys think? For him for Orlando particularly? Or just? Just him in general. As a player, we didn't really touch on him too much. Go ahead, Tyler. Well, I mean, from what I've seen, and I remember the first time we talked about him, I, had, I hadn't watched him play much. Um, great length, good defender, good athleticism, really good shooter. I mean, I don't see a whole lot of holes in his game. I know you, you just mentioned Keegan Murray and not having holes there. Jabari Smith is a really similar player to Keegan Murray. They do a lot of the same things. Um, and Smith is younger, I think, probably by a year. and more athletic. So I see those two guys similarly. I I think Murray maybe is a little bit better finisher with either hand. And for Smith, he took a lot of really tough shots. Mm -hmm. You know, to your point, I didn't really see him that much, but he he really struggled in the tournament as the, as did all these guys. But yeah, it just the the inability to kind of be explosive off the first step, which is something Murray showed a lot of. Yeah, kind of hurt him at least the few times that I saw him. Yeah, um, I think I I agree with that, but I think Jabari Smith may have more uh, tools to build off of as far as as far as the scoring package. Um, Murray, I'm not. And I didn't see Murray that much, but I'm not sure if his scoring gets a lot better than it is. Um, but I think Jabari may have more, uh, you know, like Tyler mentioned earlier, earlier, a higher upside. But um, I do think for the most part, they are 
interchangeable picks, though. If you can't get Smith, you get Murray. If you can't get Murray, you know, Smith being number one is a good option, I think. And on Orlando, I think he would fit Orlando well. Um, but I guess you'd have to test his versatility with Orlando, particularly, especially since Wagner is already there doing kind of what I think he would, what they would draft him for. So uh, that would be interesting. I, I think he just provides more versatility, which I like, especially immediately. Yeah, he does. Absolutely. You know, so I, I, even like with Chet, there's a couple of questions. So I'm curious about the fit with Jabari, even with certain issues, he's going to fit either way. Yeah. Yeah. So like maybe like you mentioned with Murray, he, fit, he would fit any of these teams. Right. I think he would. Athletically, to your point, Tyler, he's probably the most ready to me. Yeah. To just contribute immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. More than Chad, uh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, so, talked about Chet, talked about Jabari. So, Ben Carroll going to Houston. You said you like that fit, Tyler. Absolutely. I mean – I just like the fact that positionally, when you think about it, you think about Houston's backcourt and yeah. you really don't want to touch that backcourt right. personally. I, I, I want to see that growth. Um, so that was the main reason I say that, mm-hmm. you know, Jalen Green, I want to give him space. I think Paolo really showed in the NCAA tournament how well he can shoot from outside now was that a fluke maybe because in the regular season at Duke I think he was under 30 he was hovering around 30 percent from three but in the NCAA Mm -hmm. tournament he was almost 50 percent from three so we have to figure out who the real Ben Carroll is and um I think he I think he really in my opinion I, I know people might disagree with this but I think he really showed a bag so to speak in the NCAA tournament um He's a little predictable with his spin move, but I think that he, if he can continue to develop his outside shot, he's a three-level scorer. You know, mid-range game is good. He can get to the basket. He's strong. So, yeah, I think I think he's he's got good potential. Dude, I feel like a hater because I, I, I disagree know. with some of it. Really, you know what I didn't like. I didn't like. Again, I feel like I'm going to be hating on all these guys, but (laughs) I I didn't like he seemed he seemed like he would trail and transition way too often. Okay, like I thought he often had the inside mismatch. And after the first couple, maybe the first like half of a a half, he would just kind of start settling to jogging behind everybody or, or like you said, settling for kind of a predictable spin or maybe a step back. Yeah. In with Houston, it's up and down. High they're tempo, they're yeah. running. They are That's running. Tempo. Probably they'll probably be running more than anyone else in the league next year. Rightfully so. And they I don't know it. how much horses. of right. The backcourt. I mean, I'm running every time with that backcourt. Yeah. yeah. But you think about it, I don't know how much of it has to do with the the sweating thing. Or whether he's just again he shot it a little bit better, so he started settling a lot more. Uh huh. So I'm just That's curious true. how he he's plugged in right away. That's um, something I'm not going to let deter me in the draft, though. That's a good point. That's a great point. 
Yeah. But when you're looking at who to select, in my opinion, I don't think I'm going to let that deter me from taking him. Yeah. And the thing is, when you have a really, really young team, you can play around like that. Um, I mean, he's a he's a high pick and you don't want to waste a third pick. But if if it's shooting, if it's conditioning, you know, it, I think that's something you have time to work on. Right. You can teach him how to shoot better. You can teach him, uh, you know, how to get in better positions in transition. And once also playing with certain yeah. guys. Yeah, and also playing with certain guys. Once you play in that up-tempo for a while, you adjust. I mean, you know, the good players adjust. But I understand yeah. that being a question, especially with a I'm, relatively inexperienced coach. I mean, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Trading Wood frees up playing time for him. Immediately, so, yeah. Yeah, so at least, again, like you said, if we're not overwhelmed by the doubts, which I wouldn't be if he's available, yeah. uh you have you have plenty of opportunity to see what he looks like, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um. Any more we need to say about Ivy? Do you like Ivy at Sacramento or Detroit better, Mike? Definitely Detroit. Okay. You like I don't him? Know how many Cade point together? guards Sacramento is going to trade? But hopefully they stop. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> But Detroit, uh, Detroit moves getting him moves Cunningham a little bit more off ball, uh, which, which I would like good. to see what it looks like because yeah. I think he's a good scorer. Um, yeah. And they got a lot of athletes similar to Houston. They got a lot of hungry guys who run, who defend. I, I think if they get a, a if they get Ivy and he fits in right away and he's healthy all year, they win significantly more games than they did last year. I agree. I agree. I, I, I like that fit a little bit better than – I mean, a lot better than Sacramento because I like Fox. I know a lot of people don't like Fox, but I like um, I like Fox where he is, and I think Ivy moving Cade off the ball is the smart move because I, I really don't like the force Cade to be a point guard thing they tried this year. Tyler, let me ask you this and not my co-host, other Tyler. Um, mm-hmm. So he was the one, again, I mentioned everybody struggled in the tournament. Mm -hmm. He was the one who probably looked the worst. Absolutely. What did you think of that last game? Uh, St. Peter's, right? Yeah. Yeah. What happened there? You got to tell me about that. I don't even – if you're judging draft stock based off that game, then he's – yeah, he's – He's losing Again, a few if, if we're looking at the tournament, we have a whole different top five, probably. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think, yeah, I mean, there's nothing positive I can say there. I think the one thing I will say is when you look at Ivy, the, the paint was clogged so much for him at Purdue that you only saw flashes of what he can do. When he got into transition, he was really special. Um, when he got to the rim, he was really special. So, you know, if he can de- better develop his three-point shot, his jump shot looks good. Um, I, I I think that you can look past that performance and performances like that because he had several. Um, so I'm mainly just looking at, like, his raw athleticism his yeah. and things like that. But, yeah, I mean, St. Peter's, that's tough. To be honest, to be honest with you, he has John Morant's speed. Yeah. 
like I don't see a lot of people talking about it. Maybe he's a little bit smaller. So the finishing's probably not going to be as elite where I think Morant was like the best inside scorer in the league this year. Yeah, he's not going to be that good. I, I don't see that at six feet. He got broad like, shoulders, though. But yeah. Yeah, he plays through contact. I like the floaters that he took. And his jumper looks a lot more ready. So I think he'll get he'll get a lot more driving opportunities, man. I'm excited to see where he goes. I am too. Absolutely. I am too. I agree. I agree with everything. Um, okay. Any anything else we need to discuss on this top five? I guess I'll go back one last point on I'm team stockpile good players in the NBA draft, regardless. And Sacramento mm-hmm. didn't plan for what happened to happen because they drafted Davion Mitchell late late first, right? Yeah. And then yeah. Halliburton was late lottery. So they didn't plan for what happened to happen. But stockpile really good players, and then you can trade off of that or you can, you can pivot off of that. I don't agree with trading Halliburton for Sabonis, but they got a really good player in Sabonis because mm-hmm. they stockpile good players. Now, it wasn't intentional necessarily because it was late lottery, late first, and then early first with Fox. So it's not like they took three top five picks, took three guards. I don't think they would have. But the way that it worked out, they can still pivot and change the direction they want to go. And they can really pick two or pick one to build around and then trade the other. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. And if they did get Ivy, I mean, I think a lot of teams want Fox. Right. I just don't trust Sacramento. That's uh, it. Yeah. I I definitely think Fox is on a lot of people's radar uh, right now. So I do think um, it's it's very possible that they do do that and it work. Yeah. So. Yep. Okay. Um. So let's get into outside the top five. I need the best available. Um. Where do you where do you want to start, Mike? Best available score. Yeah. Yeah. Give us the best available scores, Tyler. Oh, man, let's see here. So you look at Malachi Brenham from Ohio State. I don't think he's the best available scorer, but he can really fill it up. I like him a lot. Um, I like so, – so I'm looking at potential right now, maybe not, but Jeremy Sochan from Baylor with his length and the way he shot the ball late in the season. I think uh, they had Jeremiah Atachu, whatever his name is. He got hurt and he was out for the year. Someone else was out for the year for Baylor. So Sochan was really thrust into like a 30-minute-plus-per-game role late in, late in the regular season. And yeah. I like what I saw from him sc- scoring the basketball. Um, I, I want to see more about Shadon Sharp. I, I just, I'm, I'm enamored by the possible upside there, and I know very little about him. But I think he is probably the better score between Dyson Daniels and him, right? That's the consensus. Uh, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, as far as pure scoring, yeah, yeah. I, I like the Baylor big man. I he's raw, but I think his athleticism is great. He works extremely hard. Yeah, he's That's Sochan you're talking me. about? Yeah, yeah. He's interesting yeah. to me, and, and you know, there's a lot of the later draft picks. A lot of those teams could use a big man. 
Mm-hmm. They might not get one, but they could use one. And and I would really look at him. Yeah, I, I agree. And he showed, I mean, crazy athleticism when it counted. And, yeah. and he's a pretty, um, pretty good defender. Lengthy. Lengthy yeah. guy. Yeah. Okay. Any more? What do you have? Um. Honestly, I mean AJ Griffin's probably the best shooter, but I just, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sold. Not sold. Tell me why. No, I'm not sold because I'm looking at upside, and and he has more upside than Abachi, who would probably go top ten. But mm-hmm. AJ Griffin, to me, I just, I don't see him creating his own shot. Really, I think that's right. my number one concern. And you don't have to to be really productive in the NBA, but I mean, if he's going to shoot forty five percent from three, then then he'll be all right. But I just don't think I would spend a top eight pick, top ten pick on AJ Griffin, and definitely wouldn't spend one on Abachi because Abachi's like three years older. I could see teams going for Abachi, um, and we mentioned, uh, I think it was off off the podcast last time that um, a lot of times guys like him don't necessarily do that well because of uh, it's kind of like a jack of all trades, master of none kind of situation. Um, I think he's good at everything, but a lot of times in the league to fit certain teams, you got to be good at something very particular to get that first um, to really, uh, integrate into how a team plays but i i could see a lot of teams trying definitely what do you think mike well i like abaji i like him a lot more because he's under control he his Mm -hmm. game is a lot more polished he could attack off the dribble he also seems a lot more self-aware like he doesn't dribble a lot and maybe maybe that's a weakness like Maybe I don't know if he could come in and be a full time, even backup point guard. Yeah, I don't think but so. But to me, I couldn't disagree more on Griffin. I think, think his shooting, ready? I think his shooting was completely fluke. I think he's not going to be able to guard a soul in the league. Yeah, like you I said, agree. like you said, he can't oh, yeah, attack yeah. off the dribble at all. I hate it. Every time he dribbled the ball, it was gross to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just hate that you said nobody would spend a top 10 pick for him because the Wizards definitely would. I wouldn't, personally. <laughs> not at all. Not at no. all. Please don't. Oh. oh, so that's that's what you disagree with? You disagree that? Yes. I think I hated what it. I saw. I, Griffin, to me, was the epitome of, like, he shot the ball well, so maybe he's pretty good. Right. right. I'm yeah. not even sure if he could extend his range to, to the league, to be honest with you. I'd be surprised, but you know, you know how it goes, man. These guys, the Duke guys, they get a, um, they get at least one shot, one free shot. Yeah. He'll get a, a shot. You know, maybe, maybe if the situation plays out right, it'll work. But I didn't think uh Kispert who the wizards just got would be a, a good NBA player as he was right away. Right. But with Griffin, yeah, man, either. I just, I really don't see it. Gary Trent was very similar to Griffin when he was at Duke, and Trent has found Trent his way. Has I, very slow development. 
Yeah, he's found his way, but but I agree, like you say, on Griffin. I mean, the only reason I say that I would probably take him over Abachi is the three-year difference in age. That's why Abachi is supposed to look polished. That is true. You know, if he doesn't look polished, he's probably undrafted. But, but yeah, Griffin, there's no way that I'm taking him over guys like Sochan. That's blasphemy. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Wait, is, is Griffin Adrian Griffin's son? Yes. Oh, he should be polished too. He's not. <laughs> no, but I'm uh, no. I'm saying he. I know the age difference, but as someone who can has access to NBA workouts, I mean, his yeah. father coaches. Where is he at now? Toronto. I think so. I believe so. But I think it's yeah, tough, I mean, man. Griffin just went through the like missed several years of basketball phase. Yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And that, ACL, I think, right. Yeah. Well, just that in the pandemic, uh, yeah. he missed the number of years just having like missing an opportunity to play that isn't even his fault. Right. So but that lack of like playing experience, like you said, the three year difference is huge to that extent. Yeah, it is. It is. Yep. OK, um, let's talk about defenders, your favorite defenders um, outside of this top five. Who are your favorite defenders, Tyler? Mark Williams and Walker Kessler. You, mm, okay. you have to talk about those two. Um, they're both big men. Uh, outside of the big men, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I mean, I like Johnny Davis, but I just don't think he's quite athletic enough. Uh, but Mark Williams and Mark Williams and Walker Kessler, I'm really excited about the potential defensively in the league. Walker Kessler, I'm so disappointed because. I expected him to be able to develop a three-point shot when he went to Auburn. That's why he left North Carolina. And if he would have, I, I think he's top ten. I think he's Chet Holmgren that's a little bigger that can play defense. He can't mm-hmm. move his feet quite as well as you would hope. I don't think he's going to be like his switchability is going to be where the NBA would like for him to be. And then mm-hmm. Mark Williams is more of a traditional five. He can't really score outside 12, 15 feet. But defensively, I think both of those guys have upside. Okay. Mike, what do you think? Like you said, man, the the bigs are really the only defensive potential I see. To your point about Kessler, I think he's going to be a limited minute guy at first. He's going to be a guy who comes in for 15 minutes and all of a sudden he had nine and eight in a couple blocks. Yeah, uh, and maybe as his mobility progresses, he'll start playing more. But with guards defensively, maybe Nemhard from Gonzaga. I like what I saw from him. Yeah, I like him all around. But yeah, defensively, yeah, he could be. He's a little small, but could be. He he's much. He plays similar to Brogdon, even though he is a lot smaller. But he stays in front of people. He's disciplined. He doesn't yeah. reach like crazy. He doesn't try to do too much. Mm-hmm. I, I think he could be a high IQ defender. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Tyler, what about the two Ohio State guys that are, uh, you know, high, kind of high in the draft? Malachi Branham, 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 yeah. and um, EJ Liddell, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What so... do you think? I think they've both been rumored to be, you know, pretty good defenders. I I didn't see Ohio State this past year. But um, their names were, have been swirling around the draft for for a long time. 
I mean, even when the year started pretty much. Yeah, I watched a ton of Ohio State last year. And honestly, this might backfire on me, but I think EJ Liddell would be smart to go find a team in Spain or Argentina and make good money because <laughs> he's just – I just uh-huh. – I don't – I don't see he's not athletic enough he to to defend these guys. I mean these these guys that are he's going to be facing in the NBA every night at the four and five are just freaks of nature. And EJ Liddell's yeah. not, but he's he was one of the most talented basketball players in college. But defensively, mm-hmm. and he was a really good defender in college. But defensively, I just don't see how he gets there. How gotcha. can he contest? You know, I I'm just not sold on him. And then Branham. He's really raw, and I think he's worthy of a late lottery pick for sure. I mean, I I think he can put the ball in the hoop at a really high rate. Ohio State only had those two guys last year, so they were they were bamboozled every night on the on defense. They had two guys on them every time they touched the ball. So for Branham, I think that he he could develop into a nice player. Yeah, I think so too. He you know he's really strong. Um, another, you know, athletic guy, good body. Um, I, I would, I would say he has one of the most NBA ready bodies to me, even though he's not, you know, freakishly tall or, you know, crazy, crazy, uh, heavy weight wise, but I, I think he has, um, great body for the NBA. I mean, especially for defense. Uh, I'm trying, I can't really think of any other. Uh, great defenders that I was thinking going into the draft. You, Mike, any? No. Okay. Um, okay. So inside presence on offense. So obviously just now we mentioned some of the big guys that could go in and make a difference on defense. What about on offense? I have a deep cut for you. He'll probably go late second round. Uh, Julian Champigny. From St. John's. Yeah. You probably remember me talking about him before. Mm-hmm. I think he's mm-hmm. elite offensively. Um, he He's a really good rebounder, so he can put back there. He's not going to really score in the post. But mid-range and from three-point range, I think he's – he may be the best six-foot-nine-plus guy in the draft that can shoot. He can really light it up, so I like him a lot. Okay. I don't know. I wonder. I wonder. I would love to hear Scout's take on why he's not a late first round pick. Honestly, you know, sometimes the smaller market teams. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say smaller market, but the you know low mid majors don't get that same look. Uh, especially this year, the first round is packed with like the you know Ohio State, Kentucky, Duke you know, Gonzaga, Auburn, it's all these really, really top flight schools. Um, Not a lot of love to the mid-majors this year, especially with the first round. Well, I don't know if you remember Ryan Rollins from Toledo. I mentioned him before. Mm -hmm. I remember. (laughs) He's actually projected late first round now. And I think he's going to end up being a top 10 player from this draft. Uh, okay. He's 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 really young. He's six five. He's he can pass. He he can pass. He can shoot. He can do everything. He's a good dribbler. I I really wish he would have returned to Toledo 
because I think Toledo would have been top 20, top 20 preseason this mm-hmm. past this next year. And I think they would have had a good chance to make a final four run if he would have returned. But unfortunately he, st- he stayed well, fortunately for him. I mean, he rose, he, he grew stock, I guess, through the combine and things like that. And now he's probably going to go in the first round. So you can't fault him for that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Any others? Uh, real oh, quick. I'm just curious, uh, a big man we haven't really talked about. I didn't get a chance to see Memphis this year. Uh, Jalen Duran. Yeah. Uh, what do you look like? I didn't really, again, missed him completely this year. Ty? I like him a lot. I really do. I don't the, – the traditional big man is is dying in the NBA, but – and I, I wanted to pull my hair out in the Gonzaga game because Memphis would have beaten Gonzaga if Jalen mm-hmm. Duran just decided not to be dumb. By fouling people. He 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 got in foul yeah. trouble a lot. But the guy, like, yet again, I hate to keep bashing A.J. Griffin, but A.J. Griffin, Ochai how do you draft guys like that over Jalen Duran? Jalen Duran is, is I mean, I, I, I really like him a lot. He doesn't have superstar upside because offensively I don't think he'll ever get there. But mm-hmm. he's – He's one of the most athletic players in the draft, probably top three or four. Yeah. Yeah. He um he's really, I mean, fast twitch muscles. He gets off the ground so fast for block shots, for dunks, for you know, taps, tap DC, dunks, whatever. DC, make it happen, please. Yeah, he's 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 a Hornets springy guy. Um, that was that would be a. I'm not a Hornets fan, but I'd like to move a lot. Yeah, I, I yeah. want them to get Sochan and and Duran at 13. And I think they're 13 and 16. That would be great. I don't think that'll happen, it, but it's possible. It's possible. I know that uh, a big man is definitely their focus this uh, this off season. Right. This off season. It has. And Mike, to be. you you know the Wizards are getting Johnny Davis, man. Taco Bell, Johnny Davis. <laughs> No, it's coming. I do. I do like Johnny Davis. I don't know about top ten. Yeah, I don't even know about top fifteen to be honest. But he's he's a guy. I'm curious to see where he goes to. Yeah. How how good can Johnny Davis be, Tyler? I mean, I'm a really big fan of Johnny Davis, but I just don't. Like you say, I think he might fall into the the really good but not great at anything category. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I like him a lot. I think no matter what, he's going to be a productive player. I think he'll play 10 years in the NBA. But I just don't – I mean, I, I wanted to say Andrew Wiggins, but he doesn't have the athleticism that Wiggins has, maybe a slightly better shot. But mm-hmm. I just don't see – I would rather I would rather take shade on Sharp. I would rather take guys that have the potential to change a franchise. Gotcha. Gotcha. I could see him being a good backup guard for, for a little while. Um, I think especially this year, we've seen like a new emergence of how important backup guards are throughout the league with um, Jalen Brunson, Poole, uh, Pritchard, Gabe Vincent, Alvarado, like, yeah, Alvarado. We, we've seen all these teams really, really value 
their backup point guard or backup, you know, ball dominant two guard so much that I think that will be kind of where his value will be for a lot of teams. Um, and a lot of these, a lot of these young picks, I don't think that was something that teams would actually draft for in the past. They would say, Oh, we'll just take an aging, you know, an old older player that was good. That's just aging on his way out. We'll just take him, run him at backup point, kind of like what DJ Augustine has been doing for the past five years. But now I think we're seeing where teams may be looking for a younger one. All, all the guys have just named their, you know, first four years of their career. And, yeah. um, and I, I probably could go further. I'm not thinking about it right now, but uh, Simons has emerged as, you know, leading Portland this year while uh, Lillard was hurt. So um, I think there's going to be a lot of players in this draft. Nimbar, we mentioned earlier, would be someone who I would definitely look for and say, hey, I need to get a good backup point guard for my team because mm-hmm. um, everybody has one. And that's the thing. In the league, once everyone has one and you're late, that's where we start seeing the draft become a big part of, you know, how that changes for teams. More, more to your point on the, uh, the backup guards being so important, you're yeah. starting to see guys that really are coming in, uh, not even as point guards and transforming into point guards. Yeah. And yeah. they're not necessarily changing the game, their game. It's just the team is, you know, fitting around their strengths a lot more. A good example of this was uh, Bones Highland for Denver. Yeah, a I was going to mention him. That's a yeah, good point. a guy nobody really saw contributing immediately. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he was like a rookie of the year candidate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he again, he was playing. He was still a combo guard, but they were giving the ball to him more and more, and he stepped up more and more. I'm curious which one of these guys could do that. And, and you know. Um, to your point, Mike, they're doing that a lot now because there's so many other point guards on the floor now. Like Denver can do that because Jokic basically plays point guard. So it really doesn't matter who they have, like, you know, playing point guard at the time because they not all point guards are the ball dominant um, floor generals like they used to be. You know, yeah. I mean, you look at Seth, he's really not that. Uh, you know, some of the best teams don't even have the two teams in the finals didn't even really have one. So that makes it easier to your point for a lot of two guards to come in who aren't necessarily point guards to come in and be able to fit into that role for teams. Well, pool was the perfect example too. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Okay. So you mentioned uh, some second round guys, guys look like they would be, you know, good pickups in the second round. So tell us some more. Okay, so one guy that I – I think this is the only person that actually withdrew from the draft that was a projected first-round pick to Quavion Smith. I wanted to mention him just because you talked – exactly what you just talked about. I see him as like a Jordan Poole-type player. Mm-hmm. And so I guess we'll see next year. I, I'm not sure why he went back to school, but He's I don't, out I don't of where? think it's necessarily – NC State. Okay, okay. It may, it may not be a bad decision on his part. He could work his way up in the top ten, but he is uber-athletic, shoots at will, shoots the ball well. He is like Jordan Poole-esque. So, yeah, what you were just talking about, I like him. Um, mm-hmm. But he won't be in the draft this year. Um, um, I think Justin Lewis from Marquette. I just like scores. 
you know, young scorers, guys that played one year in college that can score the ball and then just get them in there and see what you have Yeah. beyond that because it's hard to teach somebody like that gift of putting the ball in the, in the basket at a high level, at a high rate. Mm-hmm. So um, Julian Champigny, Justin Lewis, um, there's, there's a few others that I'm sure I'll think of as we keep as we go on. Okay. You know who I could picture kind of, you know, bringing it back to Bones Highland a little bit. I think J.D. Davidson could have uh, a role like that if he's on the right team. High energy, yeah. Yeah, coming off the bench, he's super aggressive. He's feeding, the you know, the team pretty well. He never yeah. really, like, he was obviously the primary scorer, but it never felt like he was just, I'm not looking at anyone. I'm just going to force it. So that awareness, mm-hmm. I think, can help depending on what team he goes to. Man, I forgot he was coming out this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he's projected to be late second round. So, like, there's really no idea where he's going to go. Right. Yeah. And he can be, you know, he probably would remind me a little bit of Simon's, uh, you know, freak, yeah. freak athleticism. Um, not really a lot of point guard skills, but, you know, attack. He probably can come in and, you know, if he has another big point guard out there, really be playing the two in the in the offense. Um, he's one of those kind of guys. Uh, but, yeah, it, he probably is one of those guys that would fit that backup role for a team if they were willing to take a chance on it. Yeah, because he's really inexperienced when it comes to organized basketball, I would say, you know. Yeah. Because his AAU circuit was ridiculous. Yeah, he <laughs> I think was like of a all phenom the of some draft, sort. Yeah, I was going to say, I think of all the players in the draft, I've seen more of his high school highlights than anybody. And they were all AAU, not, you know, school highlights. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a highlight film for sure. For sure. Um, and, you know, I mentioned earlier, Nimbard is probably my favorite guy that's projected in the second round. Um. I'm looking at more of the second round names. I think Ron Harper Jr. could be, you know, could help yep. a team. Um, I, I'd i be surprised if he gets a lot of minutes early, but he could be one of those late bloomers, you know, that we see two or three years down the line um, being someone who's experienced, really high basketball IQ, one of those kind of guys. Um Window, I forgot Wendell Moore Jr. is coming out too. He's a good defender. I was going to mention him there, but uh, um, I like Jabari Walker from Colorado. Yes. I like yeah. him a lot. Um, he was an elite rebounder in college. I don't know how that'll translate, but if it does translate, he can score. So I really like someone like him in the second round, just because, like, like I mentioned, just young guys can score the basketball, athletic, um, and that's that's him for sure. So those three, Justin Lewis, um, Jabari Walker, and Julian Champigny, I'm, I'm interested to see where they go. I think they all definitely get drafted. Okay. Uh, real uh, quick to keep going on, on the some, some of the more lesser-known players. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about uh, the the other big man for Purdue? Not not Edie, the um, Williams. Because I, I thought he looked a little bit more NBA-ready. He looked a little bit more of like a fit with Ivy. Uh, 
You think you think he could get in the league and play right away? He's so skilled offensively, but I don't think that that he would fit in the NBA. I just just because his limitations. I I mean, who's he going to guard? You know, I mean, yeah. if you could find a way to hide him, but then again, I mean, he moves his feet really well for his size. You know what threw me off was Edie couldn't move at all. <laughs> Right. So right. when Williams would come out there, like, wow, he's pretty mobile to be that big. <laughs> yeah. So maybe Which I was just tripping. Yeah. He is mobile to be that size, but I mean, he needs to lose at least twenty nah, pounds. Man, the, big, the league bigs are in very good shape compared to that. Yeah, they are yeah. now, big time. Yeah. Um, another one, Tyler. What about Caleb Houston from Michigan? That's my next name. He has so far to go that, I mean, I think he's definitely a guy, right? I I was surprised that he went to the draft. I I thought it was pretty odd. I mean, he only averaged 10 points a game, you know, four rebounds at 6'8". In college, I I need more than four rebounds. I mean, I don't care what position. He was just a guy, yeah. He was just a guy. That's I I liked how he shot the ball. But like you said, man, he was just out there. He never really showed flashes of anything exciting. I just don't know what he's going to. He honestly, and I again, we trashed A.J. Griffin. He looks like a lesser version of A.J. Griffin. Yeah. So it's like I I already don't see that fit. I'm this is even tougher for me, but I I also do like him. Is Diabate projected to go? Do, Do you know from Michigan? No, no, I, I don't think so. No, I, I, don't think I so. was I was far more impressed with him than with Houston when I watched when I watched yeah. him play, and and I know he yeah. kept his name in the draft, so that's interesting that he's probably not going to get drafted, but he decided to stay in. I think both of those guys could have used another year in Michigan, and then they would have been a top three team preseason. But they have him at 29th as the 29th pick right now to Memphis, Houston. So it, okay. If, they they think he's I mean I guess someone likes something about him, but I I didn't I didn't see that either I was like whoa I had to look up like wh- which one was he again on Michigan, you know right. I I didn't even remember him he was really. the guy that wore the, the t-shirt the streaky the shooter that's what he was yeah. right yeah yeah um uh, one more name uh Ty Ty Washington um uh, I think he's one of the I guess uh highly touted players that we haven't mentioned today. Uh, Obviously Kentucky is kind of on a roll when it comes to sending guards into the league, right? They're like, you know, last three years, they've done really well with the guards that they've sent to the league. Um, I think he's, you know, scrappy. He's um, he attacks all the time. What do you think about him? Both you guys, either of you guys. Go ahead, Mike. A good question. I I think. Would you take him over uh, Agbaji from Kansas? Yes, I would. See, yeah. I see. I don't know. I'm. Depends what you. Need, I get why right? y'all say that. I get why y'all say that. And and probably to be honest, the more I think about it, the upside for Washington is definitely way better. No question about that. So, in these in this middle round kind of trajectory that he has. 
To be honest with you, I'd probably take him earlier than later. I'd take him in the early teens rather than the later teens. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. I agree. I would too. And I don't I don't know how how he will pan out. I mean, I, I could be honestly, I'm not sure, but I was enamored when I watched him play and his injuries threw him off a little bit. So it, it hurt him in my eyes. But when he took over for Severe Wheeler for one game, he had 14 assists. So yeah. I like like you say, I don't really think he's a point guard, but he's going to have the ball in his hands when he's in the game. He's like, he's just like you were mentioning, maybe a combo guard, but he's going to play point. Yeah. yeah. So I think that his playmaking ability, if he can just get time, and like you said, with COVID and things like that, he hasn't had much as much time as some of these other guys, but if he gets that, he really has a chance. You know, playmaking is already there. Yeah. Yep, he knows how to play for sure. Definitely knows how to play. He, and, you know, real quick back to Abaji. I like Abaji a lot, and I think I actually do think his upside may be higher than Washington's. The thing is, if I get him, you know, what is he going to do that I can't find someone else to do better? That's that's the only question you ask someone like him. Um, you know, it, if I bring him in and say, hey, I want him to be my defender, you know, would I rather have him over like DeAndre Hunter, which I think is like a decent comparison to him in the league right this second? But then, you know, maybe he scores better, but then he's not going to score enough for me to for him to be like my number two option. He's never going to do great enough at anything. And I think Ty Ty Washington could come in and be a really, really good scorer, a really, really good backup point guard, you know. A lot like we see with quickly, a lot like quickly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny looking back, uh, St. Peter's was really trying to lower people's draft stocks. Yeah. Because they put the <laughs> clamps on him. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yep. Yep. All right. We got any uh, other names to mention? Tyler, you got any more? I don't believe so. I, I think I'm just going to make sure I double down on Ryan Rollins. That's my guy. Him and Sochan. So I'm going to stick to it on those two. Not a single UNC guy came out this year, huh? Yeah. I mean, so if you talk about the guys that went back to college, that's, you know, Pete Nance was a guy that that had his name in the draft. And I think he was maybe like a top 70, 80 prospect. So probably on the fringe, but he was going to get signed to a G League deal, whatever they call that these days. Um, Yeah. So you got him, you got Armando, Caleb Love. I mean. All three of them easily could have came out. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mike, you got anything else for Tyler? No, man, we touched on all the names I wanted to talk about. I'm curious. uh, I am curious. There's a number of teams that have like two picks pretty close together. Um, yeah. I'm curious, and, and it's it's a lot of teams like OKC, like Memphis later in the first round, teams that mm-hmm. I normally like the kinds of draft moves they make. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very interested to see how it plays out. <clears throat> oh, one more, Tyler. How do you feel about Kennedy Chandler? I saw his name, and I was like, I don't know how I feel about that guy. I, I mean, I think that he's like – he's polished for his age. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I think that there's not – as much projectability as like a guy like Ty Ty Washington with mm-hmm. Chandler. 
And maybe he yeah. would go a little higher if you if you have more unknowns about him. I like mm-hmm. I like his competitiveness. I think the times I did watch Tennessee, he was like a leader. I felt like, yeah. So I like that. But other than that, I don't. He's pretty. He's pretty small, right? Yeah, he's only. I, I mean, I think he's sub six foot. Yeah. So that's the, that's probably my only catch there, and he's not uber athletic. No, he's not. So and he's he's a pretty just safe, safe player. Yeah, I mean Brunson has has made it work for himself. Maybe he, maybe he could, and they're both lefties, I believe, right? Or maybe or maybe not. Maybe Brunson's not. But no, Brunson is yeah. lefty. Yeah, yeah. So Brunson lefty. and Chandler. So maybe they could be similar type players. I think that's like his ceiling. I I think that Abachi, you're going to get mad at me, TC. I think Abachi's ceiling is like Danny Green, which Danny Green's Danny a great Green? player. But I don't see yeah. Abachi really being better than Danny Green. Mike, no, but I – no way. Because I <laughs> – when Danny Green dribbles the ball, I'm just stressed automatically. <laughs> well, you, you've seen the Abachi same in my mind in college, though, you know. We'll see. We'll, we'll come back to this. I'll remember yeah. this for sure. But, okay. again, I just like Abaji. I watched all these top guys – you know, struggle, whether it was great defenses, whether it was just them struggling, but Abaji was under control the whole tournament. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen someone under control the whole tournament and not be under control in the league? It happens. I do like him. I think he could be really good. I said, I said, Hunter, I'll admit, about DeAndre Hunter, I meant he could go beat DeAndre Hunter right now. But, I mean, his ceiling to me is – I mean, I can't think of someone's oh. ceiling without, like, disrespecting somebody, I feel like. But well, it's like, he's it's, a high ceiling to me. It's all – all you need to do is you got to get a shot off out of pick and rolls. If you could do that, then, you know, even if you're a limited ball handler, you'll be all right. And, and to me, it looked like he could do that. I might be reaching, but it looked like he's capable of doing that. I think he could be like really poor man's DeRozan. That's how I see him. Okay, you went way the other way. <laughs> very poor. Like extremely yeah, very poor. poor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we're talking about ceiling. Ceiling. Yeah, yeah. For That's sure. saying no, right you. now. I mean, ceiling. I could see him. You know, mid range. But there's like slow, strong ball handler, <sighs> but not really the point guard. I could see him that style of game. Not saying I think he's going to be a you know, uh, go to the conference final, lead his team to the conference finals, be an MVP candidate, hit two game-winning shots two nights in a row. I'm not saying he's like that. <laughs> but, I mean, that hit, how he plays reminds me of mostly of DeRozan probably. I don't see him having a lot of range in the NBA. You know? I just I I don't think he's going to get – Go ahead, Tyler. I think he's, I think he's going to get lost. When he's on the court, like, yeah, I don't feel like he's assertive enough, and maybe they can bring that out. And I know, I mean, he was a four-year leader at Kansas, so he grew into the role that he that he blossomed that you know his senior year. But in the NBA, like, do you see him being assertive enough to to be a good enough impact player? I don't see that. And in the tournament, I don't think he made a three-pointer the first four games. Honestly, right. we'd have to go back and look at it. But I knew he had a really, 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 really poorly. 
he played really poorly until the final four and then he played yeah i mean he played really well the last two games so unfortunately for north carolina yeah yeah what were you saying mike about were you saying something about him no i just yeah the thinking about ty ty washington really made me look at abaji a little more negatively but uh, really? I'm still I, I still like him, man. I like what I saw from him. Again, it, it could have just been the fact that I didn't like what I saw from a lot of the guys in the tournament. So maybe I'm a little biased, but we'll see. Yeah. I would I would say as far as who my actual favorite player is, he probably is my favorite player in the draft. But do I think he's gonna be the best NBA player? No, I just I just don't see it. I could be wrong. Malik Beasley, I, be, Malik Beasley, maybe. Yeah, that's a good comparison. That's a good name. Yeah. I like that name. That's a good role, I don't know if he'll, he'll ever shoot as well. But, yeah, overall, I could see him like that. He's, I think he's just a little less um, gritty, maybe. He's not hungry enough for shots. That That's yeah, like Malik Beasley, lost, Bones Highland. These guys seek out shots. Yeah. He's not really like a point guard, but then at the same time, he's like a floor general. At the same time, so I just I don't know if he'll find a good balance. You you remember um Roy Devin Marble, Tyler from Iowa? Who? Devin, Devin Marble? Marble. Yeah, I know the name. That's I called it. him Roy because his dad was his dad was Roy Devin Marble. He was okay. I guess he just went by Devin Marble. Um, yeah, but he was a guy that was. I mean, a really, really good scorer in college, amazing mid-range scorer, good ball handler, pretty ball-dominant guy, go-to guy. And he just got to league, and I think he went to Orlando, got drafted by Orlando, and they just could not figure out what to do with him because the way he played, if he wasn't going to average 30, he just wasn't efficient enough for them to keep giving him shots and him not getting enough of them off to actually change how the game is going. And that's how yeah. I think, I think um, if a team were to use like their top 10 pick or 15 on a that's how I think um, his situation would be similar in that way. You don't flip flop on him, man. You gotta, you gotta pick. You think he's going to be successful or not? I don't. I think it, I don't, but I would be oh, happy if okay. he was. I'll right. Say he right. Will so you be. just will like be. him. You like I'll, him. I'll, I'll, I'll say I do he will like be. him. My He's in my opinion, guy. my sleeper for most successful in the draft is Nimbard. That's my that's my sleeper for most successful. And that when I say most successful, I'm basing off how, where he gets drafted to how well he's going to be. Right. Like he may not right. be the best player ever from this draft, but I think if he goes second round, I think we'll be thinking, man, that was a steal Why? to get him in the second round. But yeah. Mike, anything else? Uh, no, I wanted to close out with uh, way too early rookie of the year picks. Okay. Let's go down What's the yours? list. Uh, I think Ivy. I like his upside a, a lot. Yeah. Ivy. All right, we can't pick We can't pick the same player. So Ivy's gone. What do you think? What do you got, TC? Which Somebody else. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll go with Holmgren. I, 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 guess, I think numbers wise, 
I think numbers. I wise, thought you were going to go Jabari Smith. I really did, but I guess you can't take the number one overall pick. I guess. Yeah, but you could. Keegan Murray is like like if he doesn't step in and if he's not really good right away, then he's not going to be really good. I, think. I agree with that. I think he'll step in and be good right away. So I think he's my guy. That's a good pick, okay. man. I should, I should have picked that to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I agree with you, though. I think if he's not good in these first two years, it's a wrap as far as, you know, him being as good as, you know, a top three, top five pick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Curious to see. I'm still curious to see where these go, because the fact that it's still kind of up in the air, um, it normally isn't this up in the air. I mean, last year we could have called top five picks the day college basketball ended. I think I just read something this morning that Orlando like is still just evaluating everyone. They're considering even trading the first pick still because they don't even know what to do with it, which I, I mean, I get it, but you know, right. I'm not sure who would want to, uh, I'm not sure if any of these guys are, yeah. Yeah. Trade my best player for this number one pick. None of these guys are like that to me. I'm, Last year, not. yes. This year, no. Yeah. Right. All right, Tyler, man. Thanks for joining us. Can't wait to hear Absolutely. your uh, future baseball podcast that you're going to start one day. Uh, Looking forward to it. <laughs> let me convince you one of these days, it. man. I swear. <laughs> now, thanks for yeah, coming thanks on. For having me on yeah, man. thanks. Absolutely. Good to see yep. you guys. <clears throat> great talk man great great talk um yeah. i was mentioning uh to you i don't think houston can make a bad choice in this draft yeah. houston uh, and detroit yeah go ahead i again with detroit like they're in a unique they're in the good position of we get who we get yeah unless maybe they have a maybe if they have a surprise that'll be differently but I just it's hard to picture that for me right now. Yeah. Um, and Houston, like you said, man, they such an exciting team. Like all these guys will fit right into the way they play. Yeah. And the two positions they have are so versatile that it adding another one, even if they like if for some reason they got Jaden Ivy. Um, yeah. I still think they would make it work. Like, I still don't think it would be like crazy. For them to try to make it work and have those three out there as your, you know, top three, it wouldn't be crazy to me. Yeah, yeah, yep. All right. So, breaking news as of today, the Nets have confirmed that they are not buying into Kyrie or considering not buying into Kyrie. I should say they haven't confirmed that they're not. They've confirmed that they're considering not buying into Kyrie that means not offering the, him an extension new contract that is what he wants the kind of contract that he wants which is um, I'm assuming a four-year deal four or five-year deal um, they're willing to let him walk because they just don't think anyone's going to offer him that so potential suitors have been released Knicks, Lakers, the same suitors that everyone every year 
uh, every time an all-star is open, it's always the Knicks or the Lakers, you know, two biggest markets in the, in the yeah. country. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I believe the Clippers are emerging as well. Any thoughts? You know, this, this so far, this offseason is an indictment on how unreliable Kyrie Irving is. Because why you say that? Basketball this wise, offseason? so yeah. far, because from what we saw this past year, like mm-hmm. the Lakers have commit recommitted to Russell Westbrook, and we just saw that it was a disaster. Um, mm-hmm. he, uh, Philly is already committed to James Harden, and he literally quit on them first yeah, playoff appara- run. Apparently, they are. Yeah, right. Um, and I don't know. Who, if I'm missing anybody, but Brooklyn is like confidently not counting on Kyrie. Yeah. And that's the, it just shows you how unreliable he is. Clearly, clearly there's no communication. There's no consistent communication. There's no kind of like back and forth relationship because like how, how is Brooklyn coming out of the season confidently saying we don't trust this guy? Yeah, I, I'm with you. It's obviously more than on-court stuff because on-court he was actually really, really good when he did play right. this season. Really, really good. And we've never had a problem with how Kyrie plays here. I mean, Kyrie is the man. I mean, when he's on the court, he's a beast. Uh, elite scorer, elite ball handler, obviously. Um, I'm not even sure at this point where he fits on teams that he's even supposed to fit now. I think that's where, as a player, that's like a really deadly place to be. Yes. When, you know, the teams that should be easy fits are second-guessing whether you fit or not. So, um, him to the Lakers, that's a no, right? A heck no. I like it, to be honest. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy, but you like it in what way? You like it for, like, you I'm like it for the Lakers? For, yeah, I for think Russ. it's an upgrade. I think I think LeBron keeps Kyrie more engaged than, than KD does. Only if it's for Westbrook, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if they're keep if they're trying to Kyrie and Westbrook together, no, no shot. There's just that, I've heard I've heard that. If that happens, I'm really not I'm not wasting my time on the Lakers this year at all. It the Nets with um, Simmons, Durant, and AD would be really insane. That would be insane. <laughs> um, yeah. It's just more and more so about the Lakers just upgrading the position more than anything. Yeah. Cause honestly, they probably would have they probably would have played better if Russ missed more games last year. Just saying. You're right. You're right. So and to I, me, I, like Kyrie missing games. All right, now now Austin Reeves has to play either way. I agree that Kyrie would be a major upgrade over uh, Westbrook. And I think Kyrie 
with LeBron, I mean, we've already seen that is fantastic. I think Kyrie with AD, even without LeBron, is fantastic. Uh, you know, if LeBron wanted to take nights off, Kyrie and AD alone are fantastic. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen. But I do think if it does happen, it's great. I do. Yeah. Um, the Knicks, man, I just don't know. Like, unless he goes unrestricted free agency, I just don't – I don't know what we give up for him without the team being completely trash. The team sucks, but it's You're not completely spot, trash. Man. Yeah, dude, there's a lot of guys I don't want you to get rid of. Right. Even though, like, you know, quickly he's not a make it or break it guy, but I, I want you to move him for somebody unreliable. Yeah, I don't even want to – there's really no one on there that I want to give up. But I know it's just this is not how the NBA works. So, I mean, I'd give up Randall real quick. I'd need, I, I'd need to, I mean, for Kyrie, yeah. But I wouldn't yeah. give up Randall just for anybody. It had to be someone that was going to come in and be our best player immediately. Would you give up Randall for Russ straight up? No. No, I would not. <laughs> I would like Russ and Randall, but I would not <laughs> give up Randall for Russ. Okay. No, no way. No way. I think I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I would trade. I told you, Alec Burks. That's what's going for us. One for one. <laughs> <laughs> Take it or leave it, LA. Nice. Yeah. Throw in Cam Reddish that? to make it fair, to make it look like, you know, you respect Russ's value. I'll give him OB Tobin for Russ. I mean, those three, those three. Oh, okay, okay. You really sacrificing Reddish. the the depth. Yeah, I would actually want to keep Reddish. I give him Ob and um and Burks. Yes, for Russ, I think that's a fair trade. <laughs> give him what throwing he's a, done. Throwing a second round pick in there, call it a day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where could you see Kyrie be successful next season? Lakers, Clippers, Philly, uh, Philly Boston. Like, I mean, teams he's fucking played on before. I could see him being <laughs> successful. Boston, Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland, like Indiana, D.C. The Wizards are just like prime for him to come in and, and, you know, turn it around. But Boston would not let him back in the arena. No, no, no shot. There's no way. The fans. If they no. said F Kyrie, I mean, just three weeks ago. No I mean, shot. You know. Bro, he uh, stomped on the logo. He's never coming back there. I know. He burns. He could be on the verge there. of like, you know, let's say, you know, God forbid he breaks down and is is finishing out his career. Like he needs only a, a one a few teams want him. Boston would still be like, no. And they could be yeah. desperate for a point guard and they'd be like, no. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. I would like him in Philly. That's yeah. out of the ones you said. I like that the best. Yeah. I'm not sure if Kyrie is the point guard for the Clippers. I just think. I, I just. Stephen A said earlier, he may be the first one. Uh, he may be the one to get Kawhi to talk because Kawhi would just be telling him, shut up. <laughs> So Kawhi would actually be able to 
<laughs> open his mouth if Kyrie was there telling him to yeah, shut up. Yeah, right. <laughs> for That's sure. like the like the meme I got up for the first time to turn your music off thing. That's how yeah. Kawhi would be with Kyrie. Uh, I just don't know if there's enough basketballs on the Clippers for for Kyrie to fit there. Uh, but in a perfect world, yes, I do like that as well. I mean, bro, but if if Brooklyn, like if Brooklyn doesn't trust him, that means KD is sitting out. You know what I mean? Like he's not involved. He's not like going to the organization. Like if Kyrie's out, I'm out because Kyrie makes it seem like they're that close. I know. And I don't believe that. I don't believe Durant is close with anybody. And it's really, it's really from what I've seen this offseason, how blatantly Brooklyn has said, yo, we don't trust this guy. Right. And like, you know, obviously they're they're having conversations with Durant, and I'm sure Durant is signing off on this. Yeah. I don't think Durant cares. I really don't. I, I could see that, of course. I mean, I, I you know, I don't think Durant is a bad friend. I just don't think Durant really has friends, especially in the NBA. I just think it's, you know, it's whatever, man. Oh, I, I think it's more, and you know, I'm with you on KD, but like Harden gave up on the team because of him. Yeah. Like Harden gave up and it was, it's not like the playoffs where he's being guarded way better. You know, they're expecting more of him. He gave up. He wanted to leave. I know. It wasn't like the Nets wanted him to leave. It wasn't like they were looking for, him to go anywhere exactly and there's no there's no other reason that looking at the situation in hindsight makes any sense for Harden to want to leave right and again as Kyrie has been like oh me and KD me and KD KD hasn't said a word not one even dude when they got fucking eliminated Kyrie Irving went on the boardroom and KD wasn't even there I didn't know that. That's crazy. Oh, he interviewed on the boardroom with like KD's friend. Oh, that was yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah the he was saying I didn't the bullshit. It, yeah. I forgot what he said in that stupid interview, but he always says something, something dumb. Kobe saving his life or something, right? Probably, yeah. That might have been but a like, different one. Honestly, bro, I just want to criticize to to Stephen A's point. I just want to criticize your game. Yeah. I'm tired of us coming on here, like, complaining about the dumb shit he says before or after the game. Me or too. Or in the fucking offseason or while he's not playing. Or just like, a not about basketball. Yes, bro. Like, you want to do shit outside the game. Go do it. But why are we hearing about it all the time? Right. That's, that's it, man. I, I, I think Kyrie fits anywhere. Uh, yeah, I think he, I think he could too. Yeah, I mean, you know, he doesn't uh, fit in the glaring point. Like he's not fitting in Memphis or or Phoenix, but yeah, any place that doesn't have a top tier point guard, perfect fit. I think him and Luca could be interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think they like it, that's the only one yeah. where they have a good guard, but that like. But I, Kyrie could add to that because Luca's yeah, really not a point guard. Yeah, Luca is different. Yeah, Luca is just more of like a playmaker. It's yeah. weird. Um, 
Well, that's all I have for Kami. Just thought it was interesting. Just wanted to hear your take on it. I don't really have a lot to say. I mean, we talked about Kyrie so much on here. It's tiring. For those who think that the media really likes talking about Kyrie, we really don't. I mean, we're not, you know, professional media. We're not ESPN analysts, but I promise you, podcasters, Stephen A., Skip, Shannon, they don't. we don't want to talk about Kyrie yeah. every I love talking about his week. game, good or bad. The other shit, it makes me sick, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any other NBA news? Atkinson changing his mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, for those oh, behind man. the scenes, <laughs> yeah. behind the scenes for everybody, we spent a good 35 minutes last episode talking about how Kenny Atkinson would help Charlotte. Uh, yeah. And I had to spend like an hour editing that out because before we dropped the podcast, he announced that he was – same with the Warriors. Hey, so that champagne uh, so, and said it's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. So, uh, yeah, I guess the Charlotte is going to have to look for another coach. Um, D'Antoni was their second option, so that's probably, I would assume that's what they go with. But since then, Quinn Snyder has become available, right? And he wasn't available before. Um. I would think Alvin Gentry may be in the mix there. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone else. Uh, Mike D'Antoni is the obvious pick here. I agree. Uh, I mean, Lamelo's getting all-star stats for next three years if Mike D'Antoni gets in there. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Um, I think it should. I think it'll be Mike D'Antoni unless Mike D'Antoni stays with. Uh, Brooklyn, which I doubt. I doubt. But uh Quinn Snyder, I'm sure we'll get a get a call. I'm sure. Quick point. Yeah, Snyder's a, a top candidate, I would I would expect. Yeah. But with Atkinson, it, it actually does make some sense. Like normally it's kind of you know, it's kind of a bad look when you go back to the team that you just won with when yeah. you agreed to another job, even though you didn't sign anything. But it does make sense because look. Mike Brown is leaving. So you are you are moving up in the organization to me. Right. He is going to be their lead assistant. So, you know, in, in that situation, it makes a lot more sense to me rather than just, you know, I won. I don't want to leave. Not only that, Golden State also probably has more money to pay him than they did. Even if he even if his assistant role doesn't change now that we because likely they're just going to hire Iguodala or someone who's less experienced. Uh, you get the higher pay yeah. out of our, you know, budget for coaching anyway, because, yeah. you know, now we take from someone else who left. So uh, that but could I think be... he is. I think I did read that he's taking Mike's Mike Brown's position as the lead assistant. Okay. Okay. Which yeah. makes sense. He's, he's the most experienced member of the coaching staff besides Steve, obviously. Right. That I saw at least. And the um the one guy who's been with them like forever. I, I don't I don't even know what he actually does for them, but you know with nah. the white he's the white hair. Yeah. The gray hair or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, they got Barbosa sitting on the bench. Huh? What is he doing? 
know. Running, chasing everybody around, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That I'm, It's cool that they have all the old players, though. They're, I mean, they still win rings. They keep winning That's rings. They, that's what it takes. Yeah. Get Omri Caspi in there somewhere. Get him a job. <laughs> uh you ever wonder how monte ellis feels what do you mean like today you remember how monte ellis came out and said nah i'm never i can't play with this guy like we're never gonna work he's not he's not gonna be the player for me remember that when when they first yeah drafted seth (laughs) yeah I mean, I've seen worse, bro. I've seen – I'll never forget Ricky Davis saying LeBron will just throw me lobs. Yeah. yeah bro, LeBron will just throw you lobs? The yeah. chosen one? Before he was in the league, he was the chosen one, but he's going to throw you lobs, which he did, by the way, which he still did. Yeah. yeah. Nah, but, I mean, Monte – Let's be honest, Monte's always seemed like a selfish player, and that was a selfish thing to say. It was. And, I mean, not that it's different, but it's worse because now the Golden State culture is the culture that everyone says the greatest culture. Everybody wants to play in it. Everybody, you know, flourishes. Everyone gets theirs. And Monte was the only guy that has ever had a problem playing with Steph. Bro. To this day. It's crazy because uh, I think if you ask the entirety of the NBA, one yeah. guy they'd want to play with most, like <laughs> LeBron, more people than anyone will pick Steph. Yeah, Lebr- LeBron included. Yeah, right. He, he already did. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Um, oh, one more thing. I read that the John Collins draft likeliness is as high or higher than it's ever been so he's pretty much 100 percent getting moved somewhere the more i think about it i really like capella and collins for um gobert for utah i don't like it for atlanta but i love it for utah yeah but i like both those teams so i want them both to be good but um severe downgrade for atlanta severe yeah you can't chop you can't chop your front court get one guy who you're gonna have to sub out in the playoffs (laughs) like you say what you want say what you want one thing we know about gobert after utah's seven years of failure if you want to win in the playoffs you got to sub gobert out yeah and and hunter's not playing the five and i think i said this when we first talked about this Gobert would probably have his best season of his career, but Atlanta would be no better. He no. doesn't help Atlanta at all. No. But Gobert's numbers would probably be his career high in everything. Blocks, rebounds, points. Like like Capella has more impact in the playoffs. Yeah, he does. Every year I've watched Capella in the playoffs, I've noticed him more in a positive way than Gobert. Yeah. So it's just... It's tough, man. It's tough because you're talking about two two teams that are really working hard to be contenders. I know. And I love both teams. I mean, two of my favorite players, Donovan yeah. and Trey, I want both of them to be successful. But if I had to pick, you know, <clears throat> I mean, if they did this trade, court. I would say Utah would be the one, huh? 
They're, Utah would be a finals favorite at that point. Yeah, they'd be tough. Yeah. Honestly, if if Mitchell's healthy going into the playoffs, to me, they're a favorite. Because John Collins just gives them like 15 points a game. That's all they need. They don't need much. No, and just Capella's already and... given you what Gobert gave you. He's a better defender. He yeah. rebounds just as well, if not better. Mm-hmm. And I trust him. I'm not saying he's a better free throw shooter, but I trust Capella to make him more. I think he is a better free throw shooter. To be I honest do. with you, yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him shoot 60 to 70%. I've never seen Gobert do that. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Draft special. Um, and obviously, Kyrie talk. Uh, yeah. We'll be back after the draft takes place. Uh, sometime after the draft takes place. Um Please subscribe, share, uh, follow us, Instagram, No Clue Podcast. Thank you for listening. Mike, you have anything else? No, thanks for listening as always. Uh, We'll see you guys next time.